Ink and Quill illuminates on literature, culture and beyond. That's cool, isn't it? Listen to the sound of some incredible readings. The Great Wall story is the story of the relationship. The imagery in China is so strong. It's a book about the human story. Ink and Quill. Something provoking. You have to think like a queen. Something thoughtful. History's fantasy, really. Something fun. See some naughty people trying to steal panda cubs. All here on Ink and Quill. Discovering literature and tracing stories behind your favorite authors. This is Ink and Quill. I'm your host, Yang Yong, right here in Beijing. Traveling around the globe sounds daunting and challenging, but could you imagine doing it in a wheelchair? Born in Barcelona in 1990, Albert Casals was diagnosed with leukemia at the tender age of five. Then three years later, a complication caused by chemotherapy left the boy in a wheelchair. But nothing. Neither the lack of mobility of his legs, nor the disapproval and doubt from others, could stop this wanderlust-driven soul to pursue his long-standing dream of traveling. Since 15, this young Spaniard has been trotting around the globe, and guess what? He travels with no money, and often he tours alone. As an unswerving believer in the goodness of people and a spontaneous sojourner, so far Albert has hitchhiked to 75 countries and went through some of the most peculiar experiences. From the age of 18, Albert has put his adventures to paper, resulting in two sensational books: the documentary Little World, based on his eight-month trip from Spain to New Zealand, has also won critical acclaims in many international film festivals. Recently, Albert has come to China with his girlfriend to share his stories with the local audiences. Before they hit the road again, our reporter Shi Yu seized the opportunity to talk with this free-spirited young man. Their conversation started with her asking him what inspired his travels. In the beginning, I wasn't that sure that I wanted to travel alone. I only、yeah. knew that I wanted to travel. I have always been very impatient with. I mean, it's only that. Normally, when I try to do something,、mm-hmm. I don't think if、uh, you know if people tell me if it's possible or not.、Yeah. I don't listen to it. I, I just try to see by myself、yeah. whether I can do it or not, and try to understand. If I think that something is not possible, I will think why is it not possible?、Uh, what can I do to to make it possible? Right.、Yeah. So I started to, to wanting to travel. I was five,、mm-hmm. and they told me. There were some good reasons why I couldn't travel at the age of five. Yeah. Because,、um, for example, the police would stop me all the time. Yeah. So these were rational reasons. It made they made sense, right?、Mm-hmm. But the law in、uh, Spain is that you can start traveling alone when you are 14, and、oh. you can travel to other countries when you are 15. Yeah. So then I thought, okay, after 14, there's nothing stopping me anymore. So I can go traveling.、Yeah. Um, everyone told me that I was crazy, that、uh, they would kidnap me or that I would die <laughs> because also I was in the wheelchair and I had no money.、Mm, but actually, I didn't think that this res- that the- all this made sense. I always thought, I remember from the beginning, I was thinking, but what do I need to travel? And actually, to travel, I just need to move from one place to another. Yeah. I need to sleep and I need to eat. If I have these three things, then I'm traveling. 
So I thought, I think I can get these three things for, for free if I learn how to hitchhike. Mm -hmm. So I was thinking this. And when I was 15, I tried to convince my friends to come with me to travel. Yeah. Um, but their, their parents didn't allow them. And they didn't want to run away or anything like this. So in the end, I thought, okay, I, if nobody wants to come, I have to do it alone. And I went to travel alone. Okay. And, and for the first trip, uh, I had, for the beginning, I had like a train ticket so I could travel Europe for uh, 15 days. Like a Europe By train, yeah, yeah, like an interrail. And I had uh, some money for also like uh, 15, no, I had like 100 euros. And after 15 days, my money was finished and my interrail was finished, but I still wanted to travel more. So I said, okay, now I'm in Greece and I have to learn how to travel without money. I'm not in Spain anymore, I, it's perfect. If I want to go back home someday, I have to learn. So I started trying to hitchhike. In the beginning, I didn't know very well how yeah. to hitchhike, but I learned more and more. And I was traveling and I, was, I, I didn't starve. I slept every night and I thought, I remember that this moment I thought for the first time that I was truly free because I didn't need anything. I, I could do this forever without needing to work or needing to get money or get involved with the system. And I, that made me so happy. Mm -hmm. It meant I was, if I wanted to do something, I could do it, right? Yeah. If I wanted to work or anything, but I liked the choice that knowing that I could always travel like this if I wanted to. And yeah, after that, I just kept on traveling because I, it made me very happy. <laughs> Did you get nervous when you, you know, only hitchhiked alone for the first time? Mm, no, I wasn't nervous uh, like as that for that. I wasn't nervous for the danger. I was always, I remember, I was so nervous that uh, adventures wouldn't be possible anymore in the world. You know, that was my biggest worry when I was young. I thought maybe it's too late. Maybe because I read all these books, like, you know, I saw the hippie, the 70s. I read uh, Jacques Kerouac and I read um, Sartre and... I saw all these things and I, I found them very beautiful and I thought maybe now the world is not like this anymore. Maybe nobody hitchhikes, maybe adventures are not possible, maybe there's no more craziness, maybe everything is under control. Mm -hmm. This what made me very afraid. But yeah. danger, no, I wanted danger. I wanted <laughs> because danger would mean that adventures were still possible. Yeah. So that was a relief when I saw that I could travel like this and the world was like this and I could live adventures and I could do um, crazy things, you know, mm -hmm. uh, like end up riding a truck in Peru on top of full of uh, watermelons in, across the jungle or uh, living with the tribes and staying with them and being accepted by them and going to hunt with them, you know, with my wheelchair, all these crazy things that I have uh, done. That was exactly what I hoped was still possible. So, mm. <laughs> you know, you're talking about your friends mm. yeah, at the age of 15. Like yeah. Their parents didn't allow them to do yeah. that. And how did your parents react when you announced <laughs> like you're going to travel a lot? The thing is, with my parents, it was a bit different because first of all, they knew that I was going to travel because I had been telling them all the time since I was five years old. Mm -hmm. Like I remember, for example, for Christmas, I didn't usually ask for toys or anything like this. Yeah. I asked for money to travel when I was older since I was five. So they knew that it was like the thing that I wanted to do. It was very hard that they would say no. It was not like my friends. I said it to them and then out of the blue, they would ask their parents mm -hmm. and then their parents would say, oh, no. Uh, but but me, it had been so long the process that they knew that I was going to go. Uh, my parents were a bit different. Like, you know, my father is very special. He's uh, he was a hippie when he was <laughs> young. He lived in a cave for one year. Wow. He hitchhiked also. So, you know, he's a bit crazy also. 
So I think for him it was not so worrying. And then my mom, he was so sure, I was so sure. So she said, okay. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, talking about hitchhiking, yes. well, immediately people related to danger. Yeah. Sometimes people think hitchhiker uh-huh. are taking advantage of others. Oh, yes, yes, this is like... You, I you love are, this you question. Are, you are facing all <laughs> those stereotypes, bears yeah, yeah, and yeah. discriminations. So yeah, yeah. this is, this is a great question, and also philosophically. So the thing is, in, uh, I think that Western culture has popularized this idea that in every exchange, yeah. the only part that matters is the material part. Mm-hmm. So, for example, uh, in Western culture, if you are staying in someone's house, um, it's like you are taking advantage of them because they are, you know, giving you material things like yeah. shelter and food and you're not giving material things to them, right? But I think this uh, way of looking at exchanges between people is very short-sighted because actually I think 90% of the exchange that's happening all the time is not material. The beautiful, the really big exchange is that we are all the time learning from each other, gaining from each other. I'm hearing your story and you're hearing my story and we are becoming so much more rich because of this, right? Mm -hmm. So in comparison with that, uh, who is giving the food to the other is so small. Uh, The important thing is how how we are learning, how we are teaching each other. Mm -hmm. So... In other cultures, this is different. For example, in many African cultures, yeah. uh, when you are uh, coming to someone's house, you are ga- making them a favor. It's like you are making them an honor by mm. coming to their house yeah. because they only stayed in their house and you went there so you could, you could be with them. Yeah. You know? So they feel like they are in debt with you and not the other way around. <laughs> because you, know, you are there and they can share your presence without mm. moving from their house. So it's a great honor, you know? Yeah. But in Western culture, we don't think this normally, right? Yeah. But for me, I think this is much more, a much better way to think of this. So actually, when I travel, when I hitchhike, mm-hmm. people are always so happy that they hosted me or that they uh, let me go into their car, you know, because we love, because we share, because they don't have to drive alone, mm-hmm. uh, because they see all these new possibilities, this new way of looking at the world. And me too, I learned from them as well, right? Yeah. So. This is why so many people say to you uh, when you hitchhike, they invite you to their house, for example. It's because they want to keep uh, learning and keep doing this, keep talking, keep uh, experiencing the, the presence of the other person. Many people have said to me that I that they wanted me to stay with them forever, like to live in their house. They offered yeah. me to live with them forever. So I think you're not taking advantage of people because the, the, who is paying the petrol? This is so small. It's the important thing is all the rest, the laws, the song, the love that you're sharing. And this is equal on both sides, you know. You know, I don't really believe that property is a thing in the world. I think that property is a belief that we make. You know, we, some people believe in God and some people don't. But most people believe in property. But still, I think that property is just a belief. Uh, people think that the, you think that this is yours and this is mine. Mm-hmm. But actually, these things are just objects in the world. They, there's nothing that's tying this to me or this to you, right? Mm-hmm. It's only our collective belief that makes this belong to you. Mm-hmm. So I think that fundamentally, the idea of property 
is wrong. I think that uh, it's very unfair, you know, because not everyone has the same chance at having property of things. So I don't think I don't think that I am taking advantage of someone. For example, if I eat the food that they have in their house, yeah. inside me, I just think that this food is part of the world, mm-hmm. and I have as much right as them to eat it. You know, of course I respect people's beliefs, so so I will not take this even if I want it because it would make you unhappy. You know, if I take something that you're expecting to have, but um, it's only because I. I want you to be happy, not because I believe that they are yours. So ultimately, I don't think that um, that you can take advantage of people by using their things. For example, with me, all the money that I gained from the books, I gave it straight away to an NGO that I like very much, that I know how it works, because I never believed that this money was mine. I don't think that if they give me $20,000 for, for the book, why would I keep this money? There's, I know so many people who can use it better than me, so I just give it to other people. For me, this is just the most rational way to go to work with property. If people want to share, it makes them happy, it makes you happy. Everyone is gaining. I think it's the same for all the things. That was Shi Yu talking with Albert Casals, a true globetrotter with a big heart for love and freedom. Flipping through the pages of his debut book, The World on Wheels, or in Chinese, Lun Yi Shang de Shi Jie, written by this very sophisticated traveler at the age of 18. You may find out what is the true meaning of traveling and how small the world could be. After this short break, they will continue our story of an interesting young man. So stick around; we will be right back. Explore the life of great wordsmiths. Share their stories beyond the pages. Ink and Quill brings you the voices of writers and book lovers. During the documentary, during yeah. your talks with others, yes. during all those conversations, you mentioned about happiness all over again. Like uh-huh. that happiness matters most for you. Yes, I think、um, whether we do it consciously or unconsciously, we're always trying to be more happy, right?、Mm-hmm. So every action that everyone does, everything everyone does,、mm-hmm. is to be more happy. Yeah. So if I'm gonna be all my life doing something, then I might as well do it. As well as I can. P- many people are trying to be more happy, but they are not thinking about it rationally, or they are not thinking it as deeply as they could. Right?、Mm-hmm. They just do things, and they, if they are okay, then it's enough, right?、Yeah. But this is leaving a lot to the unconscious. It's like trying to tie your shoes、mm-hmm. without thinking about it. But、yeah. it's better if you think about it. You can do it so much better, right?、Yeah. So that's why I try to think consciously on how to be. As happy as I can be, and I think of oh, I try to think of everything, like every situation in the world, every circumstance. How can I feel in this circumstance as happy as possible? Yeah.、Uh, so that's why I try to learn as much as I can, and I try to think how I can do it as as well as I can. And in the end, your life, everything you do, is like a piece of art. How you made your mind, how you thought, and I think it's more beautiful the happier you are. For example, many people are unhappy when they are in a wheelchair. And this is this makes sense because all the society t- tells you if you are in a wheelchair you are unlucky and now you can't be happy anymore. But actually, when I think about it, I think it's just like having glasses. It's a small thing. So wheelchair for you is not a burden. No, it's just a part of everything I do. Like it's good and bad. It it helps a lot to break people's fear. For example,、mm-hmm. it helps a lot to I, I can carry more weight. I can go upstairs and downstairs,、uh, uh, so the terrain is not so different. But mostly, it's like people are often more kind to you because you are in a wheelchair. 
So it has good things and bad things. I think it's like everything. Like glasses, uh, you have to remember them, not to lose them, but also you look more funny with them. Or You know, everything has advantages and disadvantages. And I don't think the wheelchair is a big thing. I think it's very small. So just like that, I try to learn about everything and especially how I can be as happy as possible in every, in every situation, in every circumstance. And how I can, for example, there's so many things that, um, and this is why I travel too, right? Uh, with so many things, we only learn the way that they taught us. Mm -hmm. And this is a little bit sad because then um, with many things, you will not be doing them the way that makes you most happy, right? You will only do the way that they teach you in your culture or your society. And for me, I like to learn about every single thing. For example, I choose to live without money because it makes me more happy. Mm -hmm. But if I never, if I only lived in my culture, I would never make this choice because in my culture they, they tell me that money is very, very important and you need it. In most of the cultures. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and with many other things, right? Uh, with love, for example, uh, the way they teach me uh, love in my culture I don't like it very much. They love that we they teach us is very possessive, mm -hmm. and for me this doesn't make any sense. Uh, for me, I love many people, and I like the people I love to love everyone they want. Mm -hmm. uh, so if I have a girlfriend, I don't want her to love only me. I want her to love many people as well. Mm -hmm. But this is not what they teach me. So I have to, with every little thing of life, I try to think what is the way that will make me most happy. What is the free way? Because that's the only way I can be myself. It's the only mm -hmm. way I can. Uh, create this piece of art that is me in yeah. the world. But <laughs> have you ever experienced culture shock? Uh, I, I would say no, because every time I travel somewhere else, I know that the worldview will be different. So mm -hmm. I'm always uh, waiting and ready to, to, to see what they think, to see how they do things. Sometimes I've culture shocked other people <laughs> by accident or because I didn't want to do things differently. Like, um, this happens sometimes, but I didn't know their tradition or their way of doing things, and maybe sometimes I've accidentally offended some people, things like this. But they, they never offended me. I, you know, I don't think I have ever been angry in my whole life with anyone. Like, my parents also don't remember, and no one I know, uh, I don't know. There's nothing that could make me angry, because people do what they want to do, so it's okay. If but I don't like it... Encounter some really, I don't know, frustrated scenarios during your trip? Uh, no, I think the things that would normally frustrate people would not frustrate me because mm -hmm. I think about them differently. Like, for example, for many travelers, it would be very bad if they steal uh, their things. Yeah. But if they steal my things, I think, well, I mean, he can take them too. Why do I have the right to stop him from taking my things? They are not my things anyway. So he can take them, and I hope they, he will be happy with the things that he took. <laughs> So, <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't know. I think it's all a matter of perspective with this. Where frustration is always when you have an expectation yeah. and then the world is not like your expectation and then you feel frustrated. But yeah. I never make any expectations. So then I can't be frustrated. The world is just the way it is and I try to enjoy the most I can out of it. <laughs> yeah, but I know, like, not every country is that accommodating to people, you know, Oh yeah, but that's, uh, I've learned, uh, I can go upstairs and downstairs and I can go in any terrain that a car can go. So mm -hmm. if a car can cross, I can cross with my wheelchair. I've done like mountain treks as well mm -hmm. with my wheelchair yeah. uh, through like rock and mountain. Yeah. So if I can go in the wheelchair, 
uh, even if it's slow, I don't mind. Everything is fine. And if I can't go in the wheelchair because it's like a very high climbing, then I just go out of the wheelchair. I leave the wheelchair somewhere and I crawl. You know, mm -hmm. I I can crawl like like this. <laughs> so I can climb like trees or any kind of thing. But <laughs> when you feel like physically taxing about doing that, it's again it's the same. It's perspective. Like you know, if you put in your mind the expectation that things should be as easy for you physically yeah. as for other people, mm -hmm. then you will be frustrated. But if you think about it, for example, things are hard for uh, physically for everyone. Like people can't fly, they can't uh, do lots of things, they can't climb this wall. Yeah. So it's it's difficult. There's limits for everyone, right? Mm -hmm. And um, I think my limits are very physically are very very similar to most people's. Yeah. It's very close what I can do and what they can do. Mm -hmm. And some things are, are a bit harder for me. Some things are a bit more difficult. Like going through the mountain is a bit more difficult for me. Yeah. But uh, going downhill is much more easy for me. Or carrying weight. I can carry very heavy backpacks because I'm in with wheels. So it's just you know small differences and. It would not make sense to be frustrated by them. I look things from my perspective. So if something is difficult, it's difficult. And it's not, I don't compare it to how difficult, for if I'm going uphill and it's hard, mm -hmm. it just, it's hard. And if I want to do it, I do it. And if I don't, I don't do it. But when someone, for example, climbs the Everest, it's very hard, right? Mm -hmm. And they are not frustrated because it's hard, because they are expecting it to be hard. Yeah. So for me, it's the same. That is the word of wisdom. <laughs> but I have like been really curious about. I mean, you have traveled like seventy-five countries in just mm -hmm. ten years. Yeah. So it's astonishing pace. People traveling, they look for new experiences. Sometimes looking for culture shock as well, mm -hmm. and they're looking for new things, uh -huh. like something fresh. Uh -huh. but at this pace, yeah. one day you'll come to the end of, you know, we only have like so many countries <laughs> yeah, around the world. Yeah, I think maybe I will travel all the countries, so, but it's not very important anyway, because to me what matters the most is, uh, like in the beginning for traveling, was to experience other cultures, right? And many cultures are similar to other cultures, so it's not like I feel oh, I have to travel all the countries, or, yeah. or even sometimes I go to a new country, and I think, oh, this culture is very similar to that culture over there. So this is not something that shocks me very much or surprises me. So I think nowadays it's not so much because I want to feel the cultural shock that I travel, mm -hmm. but mostly because I enjoy the nomadic lifestyle. So I like moving and traveling, and I like being uh, not knowing what will happen, not knowing where I will go, how I will find food, how I will sleep. So, you know, it's, it's just, it's beautiful for me to be in this unknown space or, uh, so I think I just travel because I like this way of living and also sometimes I stop traveling and I live somewhere for three months or two months mm -hmm. and yeah, I just do it the way I like. Maybe I don't travel, uh, I travel only five more countries in my life because I want to stop traveling. The important thing is not, uh, it's not to travel or not to travel, it's to do what makes you happy. Yeah. Seeing your freedom, what you really want to do without influence or without any other uh, power over you. You're not a tourist, you're a traveler. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think you speak up the truth. Mm -hmm. You have left a lot of words of wisdom, <laughs> but I have to ask the cliche question. Yeah, yeah, what no. kind of wisdom you want left to our listeners? And I would say it's very simple. It's not like there's not any secret wisdom, but just uh, 
to do what makes you happy and the, uh, that's the only important thing that's mm -hmm. the only thing that you will do if you even if you put your hand in the fire it will be because it makes you happy because you're thinking you want to prove something or you want to do or you want to experience it so anything you do will be because you're trying to be more happy so if you're gonna do it then think about it try to be as happy as possible try to get rid of all the other things that are not you the, all the other influence or the pre prejudice all the beliefs all the ideas that are, come from outside and then it's only you and what do you want to do right. do it he's a little bit self-eccentric i think not because see i think that the only place where you can start to love is from happiness if you are not happy you can't make other people happy mm -hmm. and love is the best strategy for happiness. Mm -hmm. if, you, if happiness was a game, love would be the most overpowered strategy because when you love other people, their happiness is your happiness. When I love you, I want you to be happy because then I will be happy as well. Mm -hmm. So if you love everyone, then you want everyone to be happy. So you are not selfish at all. You are yeah. not self-centered. You are, you are uh, wanting everyone to be happy. You want to help everyone, but you do it in the end whether you want it or not is because this makes you happy too mm -hmm. so I think love is the best way to to be happy but in the end the goal is still is happiness Albert Casales talked with Shu about experiences traveling around the globe in a wheelchair I have to say his story makes us want to set foot on the journey as well all right time to wrap up today's Ingan Quill don't forget that there are always more interesting happenings in the literary world. To learn more about us, you are always welcome to follow our Facebook account, China Plus. Thanks for listening. I'm Yang Yong. See you next week.